0: This is 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, I'm Kevin Bergen. Granny's Poultry is one of Canada's last remaining farmer-owned poultry cooperatives, having been owned by farmers in Manitoba and Saskatchewan for over 50 years. Jason Wartzman, the Director of Marketing and Product Development for Granny's, is also a trained chef and is on The Main Ingredient today to talk about what it is they do exactly. Mr. Wortsman, yeah. thanks for lunch the other day. That was wow. awesome. Yeah, Great cafeteria. No problem. Yeah. Um, you're an interesting guy. You're very interesting. Uh, a chef that's honed his craft at school, at many restaurants, and now at Granny. So maybe we can talk about the beginning of your interest in cooking.
1: Sure, yeah. Well, I, I guess it started when I was traveling and uh, I was backpacking and uh, traveling through, uh, through Europe and then North Africa, Southeast Asia, and I just got exposed to so many different foods and it just opened my eyes up to what was out there and what the potential was of food and cooking and came back from that and just knew I wanted to, to be a chef.
0: So uh, at that point you weren't cooking at all. No, like, I wasn't. Like cooking. you weren't interested in being, in being well, a chef at Well, not
1: professionally, no. I, right. I like to cook at home, but I, I always thought back then I thought, you know, a chef would be like 60 years old and, uh, before you were actually a chef. <laughs> <You know.
0: laughs> Some old guy. Okay. So yeah. you come back, what was your first... What was yeah, your first step?
1: Well, I went straight to Red River College and applied there to the... Like immediately? Uh, yeah, culinary cooking, and yeah, I took the program there. And uh, I created my own apprenticeship uh, really after that because there wasn't really what I wanted after that. So uh, a friend and I packed up a car and moved to Montreal, and uh, I found a job in an Italian restaurant. Nice. Uh, worked there for a couple of years, and then went up north and worked in a five-star hotel uh, with a uh, French-Portuguese chef, and that's where I really started to, you know, get the whole the whole picture of what it was all about. Traditional type of a hotel and restaurant and multi levels. There was a butchery, there was a pastry, and the whole bit. And then he also sent me to France to apprentice with a michelin star chef uh, for a few months as well in Burgundy.
0: What's a regular way? for Okay, so the average person graduates. Mm-hmm. What's what's the usual way someone would? would uh, start their their career once they're done school
1: um, there are apprenticeship programs where you'll do um, various work uh, uh, work stages they call it in French yeah. and uh, in different establishments and just get experience as you go along put in your hours um, etc and then you know a, a lot of chefs do travel right or cooks travel to, to get experience but um, you know a good chunk of them they, they stay within Canada mm-hmm. don't go too far and uh, after you know traveling through Europe, and then again, you know apprenticing in France, um, I knew you know that there was so much out there. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah.
0: Your inspiration came from traveling in the first yeah. place, so you weren't staying around.
1: Right. Yeah. And two to three years is kind of when you're learning. That's kind of the maximum. You really want to stay in one place if you want to keep developing. I mean, as long as you're learning, you can stay anywhere really. For sure. Yeah. But you know, you kind of feel it's time to move on. Time sometimes can be very hard. When I was in uh, Saint Adel, which is in the Laurentians, I lived in a cottage on a lake, and the hotel I worked at was on a ski hill with two golf courses. Okay, and
0: and you left that?
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing. It was like it was very hard to leave. (laughs) Do you think? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I left to go to Europe, and uh, at at that point, um, there was a program where I could get a two-year working visa in England. There was uh, the EEC hadn't really started opened up yet, Mm -hmm. but that was the one place I could go the most easily. And had a few connections there to maybe get a job, but I wound up just getting one on my own. Those didn't pan out, and uh, just went and applied. And I uh, I got a job at the in at the in at the uh, Park Hyde Park Corner, um, downtown London. Did that for a few months, and then found uh, a little small 45 seat restaurant that was looking for a, a head chef to just kind of change the place and do their own thing. So I uh, did that for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, from there I found a little, uh, They're a Rolling Stone. Con- yeah. Yeah. There was a consulting <laughs> job in between. Uh, at that point I had taken a, a, position at the King David Hotel in Jerusalem, um, for their fine dining restaurant to be the head chef there and, and, and work that restaurant there. Uh, but in between I had some time and, uh, heard about this, uh, these guys who were looking for a consultant chef to go to India. So, uh, I went to New Delhi. And I turned a French restaurant into an Italian restaurant. Get out of uh, here! Over a couple of months, period yeah. Of time, yeah. And that was an uh, incredible experience too. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really know what pasta was, and uh, you know Caesar salad, anything like that was just totally new to them. It was a middle class you know, the growing middle class in, in India that needed stuff like that. Yeah. So you're teaching
0: and, like big time mm-hmm. as well as cooking, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then just, it was just sourcing ingredients to make a menu was a huge job there going into the Indian markets in Delhi. And, uh, so I made it kind of spicy and full of flavor so they could relate to it. The French restaurant that was there was just, it was just bland to them. They just couldn't understand it. They For were sure. just yeah, scratching no their heads. Yeah. yeah. It must have been a big
0: challenge. How did they receive it at first? Mm -hmm. first Oh, really well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They loved it. Yeah. So it was really, really well received and uh, it was a lot of fun, great experience. And it was, uh, it was called the Gourmet Gallery in, uh, in New Delhi. And so it was in a mall and it was five stories with five different restaurant concepts Cool. One on each floor. So there's yeah, a Mexican awesome. bar and grill on the top, and a Szechuan and a Thai restaurant. So I was able to go into some of the other restaurants and you know teach them a bit of other stuff and learn some stuff at the same time.
0: Was it people from other countries? running those other levels also?
1: They did. They would come, they would bring them in for a few months and train people and then they would leave and then uh, that's when the food kind of changed a bit over time in some of the restaurants. but it kind of changed back to what it was, right? Yeah, changed back to what it was, but a lot of it was very authentic because, you know, they couldn't afford to buy uh, taco chips for the Mexican restaurant, like it was just too expensive to import that kind of stuff. So they would grind up the corn and make a paste out of it and make it, you know, make stuff the real way, the corn flour and everything, so. That'd be a ton of work.
0: Yeah. All right. So, what brought you back to Canada?
1: Um, well, coming back to Canada, I really wasn't planning to stay, um, but um, some people I knew were opening um, Green Gates Restaurant, which mm-hmm. is now the Gates on Roblin. Right. I told and you that's
0: where my wedding reception was. Mm-hmm, that's
1: right. Yeah. So I was. Uh, yeah. So I was uh, just coming back for a bit, and they asked if I could help out with the opening, and uh, swore. Uh, Sucker, <laughs> yeah. just yeah. stay for a little while. Yeah. And yeah, I I said, I would not stay for more than one to two years Mm -hmm. and uh, 20 years plus later, (laughs) I'm still here.
0: Uh, I think that's our, all everybody's story, right? That's all our story. Mm -hmm. Back with more from Jason Mortzman, who is the chef and the director of marketing and product development for Granny's Poultry after the break. Jason Mortzman, who is the chef and director of marketing and product development for Granny's Poultry is here. And he's talking about his road to becoming a chef and what eventually led him to Grannies. Um, mm-hmm. So after Green Gates, so how long did you actually stay at I Green Gates? I was two
1: years there at Green Gates. And then? And from there, I, uh, I started to get into uh, product development and specialty foods.
0: H- how did you get into that within a restaurant?
1: Well, I had this passion for smoked foods, and that started in Quebec in mm-hmm. that restaurant the Laurentians. Um, part of my training there, I learned how to uh, traditionally cold smoke salmon. And uh, there was a smokehouse out back. Uh, that was hand-built and Mm -hmm. uh, so part of my job for a while was running that and then I had taken a trip to New York and seen all this uh, smoked uh, buffalo mozzarella and uh, it was kind of fascinating there was very little smoked mozzarella or smoked cheese on the market Mm -hmm. at that point. Uh, There was only two or three types most of them were artificially smoked. So I built a smokehouse uh, at the place where I was living. And, uh, I started experimenting with different types of wood. I was getting different, uh, types of oak and cherry wood from the woodworkers in the area.
0: I can imagine and, your neighbors, what is that guy doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh,
1: so then I had to park all that when I went to Europe and, uh, and then, so when I got back to, uh, to Headingley, Manitoba, yep. uh, the first thing I did was to build a smokehouse out there, out back at the gates.
0: Nobody would care in Headingley. Yeah. Right. I mean, Charles wouldn't leave me. Hey, no one would even notice. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Exactly. So uh, so yeah, I built the smokehouse there and uh, we started smoking cheese and cold smoking all the salmon for the restaurant uh, and, you know, chicken, a whole bunch of other stuff. And uh, and then I, you know, I wanted to explore that more. So I, uh, I wound up getting a grant from the government and I went out to the food development center in Portage La Prairie, mm-hmm. which is a place where you can um, test new products and uh, develop products really. So um, so yeah, I worked out there and I worked with a smoke, local smokehouse manufacturer because most of the smoking done here in Manitoba is all hot smoking um, and there was no cold smoking. You need that cold temperature both for the cold smoked fish and for the cheese. Um, so then I you know, put together some different types of cheeses, blending different woods. I had a two-year-old uh, white cheddar, Canadian cheddar, and smoked it with pure maple wood. And had some hickory and... That'd be great uh, flavor, huh? Hey? Yeah. Had some hickory blends and hickory and oak blends and was doing a Monterey Jack and um, started working on some packaging and some other ideas and um, started marketing them locally here with some of the smaller distributors and, uh, you know, wanted to take it bigger. Um, went to Toronto and uh, just cold-called... Uh, uh a cheese distributor out there a, yep. a very large one which i didn't even know at the time and uh, he liked what i was doing and uh, and wanted to give it a shot and wound up getting uh um this 2 year old smoke cheddar listed in a major chain out in ontario it's awesome and uh before i knew it we uh, i had to smoke cheese for like 200 stores for christmas <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, so forget uh, about sleeping
1: yeah Exactly. And he helped me design a label and, uh, and we built a brand. It was called Wortsman Smokehouse yeah. and, uh, did that for quite a while. And I was smoking, uh, fish as well. I started doing cold smoked, uh, steelhead trout mm-hmm. from Diefenbaker Lake in Saskatchewan. And, uh, so
0: is cold smoking only for things that cannot be hot smoked?
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's salt cured and then smoked. So the fish isn't, isn't cooked. So right. that's what you would, is lox is a good example. You know, something that's very shaved very thin Mm -hmm. and kind of translucent, very mild flavor. And so I took what I had learned in Quebec because it was an incredible product. It was uh, smoked with pure maple wood, brushed with maple syrup before going in the smokehouse. And uh, so when 529 Wellington opened, that was what they had on their menu um, until I stopped making it once I ran into some problems with uh, Canadian food regulations. Um, That's why I had to move out of the food development center after a while, because they do have a pilot plant there where you can actually produce product for a period of time, as long as you need to, until, you know, for you pay a rent mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, But it's supposed to be a temporary thing. Like um, supposed yeah, to... it
1: can be, it can yep. be permanent depending on your business model. Yep. Um, but what happened was they were doing too many things out there, uh, fish, meat, um, dairy, and so they lost their dairy license. It just, they just couldn't keep it all up anymore. So I had to find a new place to do it, and uh, so that's when I went into my next phase. I applied for a new grant, and then I worked with that smokehouse manufacturer and designed a, uh, a smokehouse specifically for cold-smoking cheese. Um, so I got another grant for that, and part of that uh, next project was to move to the dairy science at the U of M. So I was working with the dairy scientists there, um as part of the project and they let me use the dairy facility there for a year and a half and that was another federal uh, establishment for me so um so business continued to grow i started custom smoking for a couple of other cheesemakers in ontario and uh, as well as in manitoba and then um the business really needed to move into a dairy mm-hmm. like it had to be in a cheesemaking facility right. it's just what made the most sense so i was talking to a few different companies And, uh, and then I wound up selling the business to Bothwell cheese. Um, and they had just gone private. The cooperative sold the company. It was no longer cooperative. So they had just gone private and the new owners were looking for, you know, some new ideas and, uh, and some things to do to elevate the business as they were rebranding. So they bought my company. And, uh, part of the deal was I went along as a consultant for a couple of months to teach them how to do all the smoking and transfer everything over. Um, And then once they saw my skill set, they decided to, you know, they wanted to offer me a position there. I think it's Um, a great
0: deal for you, right? mm -hmm. Sell your company and still work and get a job.
1: Yeah. So I I became uh, basically director of uh, sales and marketing Mm -hmm. for Bothwell um, because he, uh, these guys had no experience in the food business and had been looking, you know, for a marketing and sales director. And then, you know, with what I had done, I had gone to Local retailers, uh, and then moved on to like Costco head office and Safeway head office, um, as well as all the food service. Uh, knew all the chefs and all the food service distributors, uh, along with the whole product development piece. Um, you know, they just thought it would be a great idea to 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 give this a try, and uh, it was just straight up from there.
0: Uh, it's, a, it's a no-brainer to 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 bring you on there. You know what I mean? My next question literally mm-hmm. was, how did how does a chef become the director of marketing? as well as management and developing Mm -hmm. kind of thing, and you kind of lived it and just did it yourself, right? Yeah. Right? So you were selling yourself to them Mm -hmm. and sell your product, and they realized that this is the guy that can help them get to the next level, right? Yeah. Back with more from Jason Mortzman from Granny's Poultry, after sports, news, and weather, of course, on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. Kevin Bergen here. Jason Mortzman is here talking to me about his transition from chef to the Director of Marketing and Product Development for Granny's Poultry.
1: There was a huge learning curve for me as well, uh, you know, on the marketing side. Yep. Um, and even on the sales side, you know, but yeah, it's you not know, like you're
0: not used to challenges. That's what it seems like you're. Kind yeah,
1: of... yeah. And selling something you believe in is, uh, you know, a good product that you really believe in is, uh, to me, it was easy for sure. And uh, and it was just a fabulous experience because I could develop, take all my chef skills, you know, add unique ingredients to cheese, develop new types of cheese, mm-hmm. uh, work with graphic designers, packaging people, develop the labels and packaging, and then go to. Safeway, Costco head office, Sobeys present the products that I had developed, get them listed, and then pull all the marketing programs behind it. And, uh, so it was like, yeah, start to finish. It was kind of all hands on.
0: Yeah. It's rare that someone likes all of those phases. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. you think that at some, there's some portion of it that you would want to kind of release it and let someone else take it, but you're like handholding it literally from start to finish. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of hats to yeah. wear. Yeah. Um, do you miss being a, a restaurant chef?
1: Um, sometimes I miss it, but, you know, I still cook a lot. I cook yep. all the time. And, uh, you cook at home? I cook for grannies. Uh, I cook at home. I also cook for grannies. I do a lot of recipe development um, along with the product development. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we have hundreds of recipes on our website now. I do uh, a lot of uh, TV, uh, recipes on TV to promote new products and just promote uh, chicken and turkey and local chicken and turkey in general.
0: Is that what keeps it fresh for you?
1: It does, yeah. I mean, there's so many different aspects to it. And just cooking itself, you know, there's the science um, and the creativity, the mm-hmm. artistic piece to it. And same thing with product development as well. When you develop a new product, uh, you know, something sometimes it's just got to be out of the box to, uh, you know, to make a difference. And that's some of the challenges we've had at Granny's is uh, when I started at Granny's, um, that was uh, almost seven years ago now, mm-hmm. Uh, we had um, we were very big into fresh tray pack chicken and turkey mm-hmm. and we had about fifty percent of the facings in uh, superstore was uh, granny's product, uh, maybe forty oh, percent but in S- Safeway was uh, probably eighty percent Wow and and now we have zero in so it gradually. Diminish Superstore at all, changed to President's Choice, private label, mm. no name, and then Safeway gradually changed to Safeway Select. And then now that Sobeys has taken over, it's uh, compliments and uh, sensations. And so we still do all that, a lot of that product, and it's still very good business for us. Right. It's just the nature of the way things can change. So we've had to, you know, to keep our brand going, too, we've had to reinvent ourselves a bit. Um, so, a good example of something out of the box that I developed for grannies that's done quite well is uh, it's a slow cooker turkey roast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a boneless turkey roast, and there were some other similar products out there, um, boneless turkey roast that you uh, cook from frozen. Uh, the thing that always bothered me about them is they would take three and a half to 4 hours to cook from frozen, um, um, so it was never convenient. It was not something you could do during the week. Uh, you yeah, have to do it on the, on the weekend when you're home. Right. So it was a kind of a special occasion type thing. We had some like products, so I was ex- kept experimenting with a slow cooker and developed a way that you can actually take uh, roast out of the freezer in the morning, um, put it in the slow cooker with a half a cup of water, sprinkle a little spice rub on top, just leave it all day long, and it's perfect every time. when you Right, home.
0: A, a three to four hour slow cooking recipe isn't convenient at all when usually the whole point of throwing in the slow cooker is I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to come back to it. Cooked.
1: Yeah. And these are generally, these are oven recipes too. Right. So you're not going to turn your oven on for three and a half hours and leave. Right. Uh, and go to work kind of thing. So, uh, so then I, with, uh, you know, the recipe development, I just kept, uh, extrapolating on that and, uh, started developing whole meals, Uh, things like a ratatouille, you can quickly chop up some vegetables, throw them in the bottom of your slow cooker, uh, mix a few things in a pan and then just leave it all day. And you've got everything in there, uh, different uh, baby potatoes and carrots and lemon rosemary, you know, that kind of stuff.
0: So you talk uh, to your wife about all this kind of stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, of course I talk, you know, if I have ideas about a show or something, I, you know, bounce it off my wife and she must be tired of me talking about things. You must bounce a ton off at home first, right?
1: Oh yeah. Well, she's, yeah, she's lived it. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) How did the relationship between Red River College and grannies begin?
1: Well, when Red River College, uh, I mean, I've always had a strong relationship with the college, same thing with U of M, Mm -hmm. um, just with the food science there. It's always been, you know, a great fit to. Uh, and knowing chefs and getting to know food scientists, you know, always keep those relationships strong because I just love the open door policy where you can go in and say, hey, you know, try this and what do you think of it? Or I got a problem here, you know, what do you think of that? Um, But when Red River decided to move downtown, their Culinary Institute, and uh, build uh, or rebuild, I guess, 504 Main Street, the Union Bank building. It's beautiful, by the way. Yeah. It's awesome. We, grannies, just thought, you know, what a great opportunity for us uh, to get in at the ground level, mm-hmm. and uh, so we uh, so we're uh, a big sponsor um, of the college. But part of that deal we negotiated right from day one was we wanted uh, use of the space uh, to do product development and to partner with the college and uh, help in teaching the students and and developing our products and using the the facilities uh, to test new products. And uh, it's been a great relationship.
0: Right. That's, that's one, it's a big benefit for, for both of you, right? Like obviously Mm -hmm. both parties, that relationship helped develop the granny's, granny's turkey burger that you, you are cooking and roasting and everything all around the city now. So maybe we can expand on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was one, yeah, it was one item there where, um, you know, I started, uh, saying I'm going to develop a, you know, let's work on a turkey burger and come up with something really good because most chicken and turkey burgers out there, when people make them and develop them, they're trying to use up kind of the leftovers and, and trying to reduce costs on them, make it the lowest common denominator, you know, add as much water and breadcrumbs and whatever. Right. A- anything else but what can, it's supposed to be. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I start the other way and use, you know, hundred percent lean, coarse ground turkey thigh meat and uh and then start adding natural ingredients and that's, you know, my style of, of product development is too is all natural ingredients, mm-hmm. gluten free uh has been just naturally gluten-free not you know fake fake bread and stuff like that totally yeah so um so yeah i did uh four or five prototypes of different burgers uh sourcing some ingredients from uh you know across the country and uh at the same time our uh, our director of sales and our ceo uh i was in like week 1 of testing this stuff out they went to toronto to a major retail chain uh, for a sales visit and uh, these uh, you know, directors out there are asking them, so what are you guys working on? And they said, oh, well, uh, we're actually currently working on a turkey burger. And they said, well, we've been looking for a good turkey burger for months and months. We're just launching a huge uh, burger program. We've got our, we got our gourmet beef chuck burger. We've got our lamb burger. We've got our pork burger. And we just haven't been able to find a turkey burger we're happy with. And then, so they said, well, we may have one for you. And uh, a week later, uh, you know, got back out there, got yeah, on right. a plane and uh, flew back out there. Cause this, this was already uh, March and this had to be ready to go into stores for May. So,
0: so here's a, just a brief suggestion. I'm just throwing it out there because you said you needed something, something yeah. that you're still working on yeah. and they just eat it all up, pardon mm-hmm. the pun. They just, they were all into it. Yeah. Time for another little break. So don't go anywhere. The main ingredient will be right back. Granny's Poultry, one of Canada's last remaining farmer-owned poultry cooperatives, that's our topic today, and Jason Mortzman, the chef and director of marketing and product development for Granny's, has been filling me in on all the great food they make. Well, this yeah. kind of sounds like an, a, a later version of the cheese thing,
1: right? Mm-hmm. You're
0: kind of pitching your cheese idea to a, guy that, to a company that you don't even know is large, and then all yeah. of a sudden you're, you're producing a ton of product, and this is literally the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. How did that go?
1: Um oh, it went great, you know, and I was able to go into their test kitchens myself with my chef's coat on and cook the products myself, and, uh, you know, and then they tried them, and then they, they were, uh, I think we brought four of them there, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, there's a big group of them around trying them, everyone's quiet, and then, you know, the, <laughs> the, the head guy says, that's the one, you know, and he just points and says, that is the best turkey burger, you know, I've ever tried, we we need that. That's awesome. and. Then, yeah, and then there was a bit of more science behind it because they wanted a fresh program right. and they wanted to make these burgers in store. Um, and they had stores all the way from Halifax to Victoria.
0: Right, so now shipping is a little bit yeah. an issue, right? So,
1: with shelf life and everything else and keeping it all natural, mm-hmm. um, you know, used some natural shelf life extenders and uh, was able to get a 20, 20-some day shelf life. And before we knew it, uh, May had come around and we were shipping. About three tons of this, uh,
0: burger, just like uh, that
1: burger all across Canada. Yeah. That's awesome. Three tons a week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so just a little, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. And uh, it's
1: all local Manitoba, uh, Manitoba Turkey from our cooperative farmers. It's awesome,
0: man. They mm. must be happy about that. Yeah. So you guys have your awesome granny's mobile cart that you are cooking your turkey birdies on going around all over the city. Yes. How's that being received?
1: Uh, it's been great. Yeah. How was it
0: in CJB parking lot? Everybody mm-hmm. must have lapped that up, right? Yeah,
1: that was great. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's turkey month, the month of June, and yep. uh, yeah, so we, uh, yeah, we gave out a couple hundred free turkey burgers for people to try, and uh, we serve them in the tailgate at the Bombers uh, Stadium for every Bombers game. And, nice. Uh, we get out to some local fairs, and we do a lot of uh, fundraising events: cancer care challenge for life, uh, diabetes lace up for life, things like that. And, uh, it's great. And when people try them and like them so much, they say, well, where, you where can, know, where you can we buy this? And then we can tell them, you know, where to go into a local retailer.
0: How strange is it that you supply all these companies with your product for their private label and then have to brand your own product, which is really everybody's product. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a, str- it's kind of a strange a, world, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is a bit strange, but, uh. You know, if we're um, growing our sales and we're, the, the key is adding value mm-hmm. um, because, you know, we're, that's what I, you know, that's what we did at Bothwell and that's what we do at Granny's is just converting uh, commodity type sales to value added and uh, the whole industry of food processing, that's that's the key. Right. It's really adding value.
0: All right. Uh, speaking of Turkey, still mm-hmm. uh, still talking about River College. Um, the students also played a part in developing a turkey roast and turkey meatloaf, right? And mm-hmm. you can expand a bit on that.
1: Yeah. Well, as, uh, you know, as I do all this work, I hire students, uh, some are graduates, some are still in the programs and, um, and they, and they play multiple roles. So they will, uh, um, so they will run the barbecue
0: cart and. It's a gold uh, mine there for you. Like that, 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 that location, yep. you guys being out of there is mm-hmm. it's awesome, right? Yep.
1: And at the same time, they'll help me with product development and the, uh, chefs will get involved as well. Uh, we also did a, a research project that was funded where we tested um, three of our new products um, right in the cafeteria. And uh, you have to get a sample base of 100 people yep. to get reliable results. And uh, That's easy there, right? Yeah, it was. And, and people off the street, not just people who work there or go yep. to school there. Um, so yeah, we did a, a very good study there and we benchmarked that was the slow cooker roast. We benchmarked it against some existing uh, boneless turkey roasts and a few other products as well, and just brought people in off the street and from the building and they tried the products, filled out forms, and evaluated them. and That'd be good read some, I'd like to see the, you yeah. know, like read
0: the results right mm-hmm. after right. yeah,
1: yeah, we learned a lot from that it was, That's pretty uh, it was cool. a great
0: exercise yeah, it's awesome. yeah,
1: yeah. I hired my most recent hire um, just graduated from the program in April and uh, and she comes from a farming family. oh no um, way um so yeah, she's uh, her family is a uh, chicken farmers and members of the cooperative. Yeah. So she's really got the, the, the full background. And for uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So she's been doing the barbecue cart, uh, as well as, uh, product development. And she's been out to our processing plant to, um, you know, see how, you know, it's done on a larger scale as well as I have small. She's, she's
0: going to be the next you. Yeah,
1: it could be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have small tabletop equipment, um, that I bring out into the labs at, uh, at Red River mm-hmm. and do small scale batches, you know, five, 10, 20 kilograms. And then once we scale it up and get things going at the plant, it can be, you know, 500 to a thousand kilograms right. per batch.
0: Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. You got a, a big, a uh, really good, a uh, really good setup there. Um, this is a couple years old, but what is Doug's great Canadian tipsy Turkey? <laughs> what is that? I read a little story on that. I'm, I'm curious to hear that's, what it uh, is.
1: It's a whiskey infused Turkey. And, uh, like actual whiskey, it is. Yeah, local, local whiskey, like Crown Royal, made in. Uh, we weren't allowed to uh, to mention the brand. That was. Uh, oh. That okay. was a, a stipulation there. So when uh, Doug wrote his uh, article on it afterwards, he said, uh, "You know, this uh, we got this great Canadian uh, whiskey uh, that we sourced out in Gimli. We're not. Um, I wonder which to, one that is. Yeah, we're not allowed to mention the brand, but it does ra- rhyme with uh, brown boil." <laughs> What? Yeah. What made you guys so do that? It was, well, it was uh, we met up with Doug uh, um, at a fundraising event, and uh, he had just written an article uh, where he had seen this vodka-soaked turkey that they were doing in New York yeah. and selling. And um, I guess he picked up on the story, but what he really wanted to do was he had a punchline, and that was why he was talking about the story. Right. And it was uh, he was uh, talking about some of our local politicians at the time. This was like six years ago, what he was talking about. And he said, you know, uh, he says, I know a lot of uh, booze-soaked turkeys that are right here in our, <laughs> in our own par- parliament. And uh, anyway, we, we challenged him. We said, you know, we can, we can do much better than this. We don't need to go to New York to try a, a vodka-soaked turkey. Let's uh, do this right here in our backyard. And uh, so we invited him down to the office, and um, it actually yeah, went into the lab and yeah. uh, infused this turkey with Crown Royal. Uh cooked it on the barbecue. It was right before Christmas and uh How did it taste? And uh it was great. Uh, yeah, we loved it. Everybody <laughs> loved
0: it. Yeah, I'm eating turkey and uh, can someone take my car keys please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um Okay, you know let's uh let's um maybe tell people where people can buy granny's products. Like and maybe as granny's products, not granny's private products, but the, the, mm-hmm. the, the turkey burgers that you guys cooked now.
1: Yeah, well uh, the turkey burgers uh are generally they're not they're not branded as Granny's but they are available in uh, Sobey's and Safeway right. stores and uh our slow cooker roast which is branded as Granny's is in every Safeway and Sobey's store across Western Canada. i would try some and, of those though. Into the Atlantic provinces as well.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. Um how can people get a hold of you if they have questions or if they have any questions about Granny's products?
1: Uh granny's.ca is the uh, best way to do that. That's perfect.
0: Sure. Thanks Jason. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. That was Jason Mortzman, chef and director of marketing and product development for Granny's Poultry, with tons of info on their great products and services. The weather this weekend is fantastic, so get out and enjoy it, please. And if you miss an episode of The Main Ingredient, you can listen to them all on iTunes or Google Play. I'm Kevin Bergen, and I'm signing off on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.